Hey, hey! So excited to have you here. Maybe this is a coincidence, but I don't believe in those. I believe that everything in our life happens with reason. And that's why I believe that you are here today, because you are meant for more. Yes, you are! My name is Barbara, and I want to share my journey with you. Talk about personal growth and challenges that we are all facing. But I also want to encourage you to ask different questions so you can find and live your purpose. I invite you to be curious, to think outside the box and step out of your comfort zone. Join me and discover how to unlock your potential, take responsibility and create life on your own terms. Hello, hello, welcome back. Glad to have you here today. It just tells me that you choose to work on yourself and show up for yourself in your life. That's exactly what we are going to talk about today. How do you show up in your life? Are you being self-aware and present or mostly being on that autopilot mode? Is your inner child walking around wounded, guiding your behavior and emotional responses, affecting your decisions and choice of people in your life? Well, think about that. And yes, in today's episode, we will continue to talk about our inner child, as this concept has lots to discover to you about your patterns. Last time we talked about our patterns and today we'll go even deeper. So we will be sharing more examples, but I also want to remind you to approach all of this with curiosity and self-compassion. I'm aware that this concept can be a bit confusing. So I want to say a few more words about it. I believe a good way to explain it is to say that we are living our lives as adults, but there are those stories, pain and experiences that we carry from our childhood. Children are for a certain period of time egocentric, so they internalize the world around them. Which means, if something bad or stressful happened in that tender age, by age of 7, also some resources say age of 9, we often internalize it as our own fault. Which means, oh, something happened, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not loved, it's my fault. Also, it's not safe to think that our parents are incompetent, that they have problem with anger. As a child, you don't think that way. So you don't put blame on them. As a child, you actually perceive it as something is wrong with me. So we can then be carrying these wounded parts of ourselves around also in our adult life. It doesn't mean you don't have other parts of yourself that are competent and capable and can show up in the world in powerful ways. But challenging part is that your inner wounded child can get easily triggered and also sometimes you can interpret situation or event from that place as inner child. So you will come with different emotional response than you would as an adult. Reflecting on my own life, I've often felt like I have to do things on my own. I'm aware that my parents wanted me to learn to be independent, so they sent me like to preschool when I was like five and a half or six to go alone, especially because I was the oldest child and, you know, they were just teaching me those things. The intention was good, but I often felt like everything I do, I have to do alone. So certain childhood experiences have revealed themselves as patterns in my adult life. I didn't notice it before and it took deep healing to realize that certain actions were driven by that wounded place. So 
my mom also often would say to me like, oh, don't cry. You won't get anything with crying. And her words made me suppress my emotions and hide them. I would feel stuck with my emotions. And throughout my life, I often felt bad when my eyes filled with tears, especially when expressing my point of view in situations where I might have felt unheard or mistreated. I would hate those moments when tears would show up. And I, was, I would tell myself, like, don't be weak. My mother's words would echo in my head causing me to burst into tears as I couldn't hold myself back. You know, I couldn't hold my emotions. Most of the time, it was more of frustration and I was furious than that I would say I was sad. Tears became a sign that I was finally expressing something that I had been holding in. So whether it was a serious conversation with my partner or conversation with my boss, and trust me, more than anything, I hated that those people, you know, saw me crying. Because I didn't want to play any card with those tears, like, oh, now I'm crying, you know, putting myself in some victim position. No, I didn't want to show my weakness, but I just couldn't help myself. And deep inside, obviously, I was hurt. This is just one example of how I struggled with expressing myself. And it took me time to learn that I had to speak my truth. When you fear judgment, when you seek validation, when you're like people pleaser and you crave for that approval, it can be hard and you can also lose yourself because then you're afraid to speak your truth. But that was kind of my journey my self-discovery journey and the way I needed to go through to realize, okay, those are patterns and I need to discover where does it come from. So as someone who looked at her childhood as a happy one, I would say like, I had happy childhood, you know, I had to dig deeper to uncover those patterns. So I would like to talk with you today. What does it look like to have a wounded inner child? We'll be sharing some examples with you and let's start with first sign. So you might experience a deep feeling that something is wrong with you, feeling unworthy and unlovable. And look, I will give you my example. While I would never say I felt unlovable and as an extrovert, I had great bonds with people. I really had nice relationships throughout my life and always felt loved and supported in my family. However, the way it played out was different. I didn't feel worthy in terms of setting boundaries or prioritizing myself. Even of thinking that I'm worthy of some kind of success or different level of life, let's put it this way. And I would be afraid also of hurting my friend's feelings, failing to self-advocate. I wasn't showing up for myself in a way that reflected my belief in my worthiness. I would also feel responsible for other people's feelings, always seeking to improve their mood and make them happy. So having a people-pleasing tendencies is another thing. I just learned to be a problem solver, hero, data rescuer, you know, the person who always comes and want to make everybody happy, putting their needs before my own or also specifically when it comes to relationship with my younger sister, I was always taking that, you know, role of like caretaker. And I would sometimes do things for her that she could do for herself. So I was also putting my value out there in a sense that 
If you are okay, then I'm okay. If you're happy, then I'm happy. And feeling good only if I can save or fix somebody, fix their mood. And I would not feel good enough if I couldn't help those people to, let's say, just be happy or, you know, be smiled all the time. It's so funny because even if my partner would come in or my sister and they have like serious face, I would assume something was wrong. How can I fix their mood? How can I make him or her happy? You know, what can I do to change something so they feel good? I wanted to make people and things around me perfect and make everything perfect. It was also in a way a kind of defense mechanism where I would just make sure that I don't feel bad, unworthy or not good enough. You know, if I make everything perfect, then I feel safe. So yeah, perfectionism is also one of the signs that all or nothing thinking. You maybe start your projects and you don't finish them. You overthink things as you are afraid of failure and judgment. You have a pretty strong inner critic that pushes you to perform. So often you have this pressure to perform. So you drive yourself into exhaustion. I mean, I'm very familiar, unfortunately, with all of these signs. And I've been working really hard to deal and overcome those patterns. Another thing is, you maybe want to make sure that everything will be perfect. So the project or task or anything you're working on, you're like, okay, this needs to be perfect. And then if you don't feel ready, you don't even go out there. You miss your opportunities. Well, in the background can be this child who sees perfectionism as a way to be loved. My parents will love me if I have good grades, if I perform well, if I show up as that polite, good girl, right? If I keep things in perfect order. <laughs> when I look back, I can see that my father was always very like paying attention to details and having those perfectionistic traits, right? So I can clearly see where those tendencies might come from. Having those high expectations to perform, to be A plus student, it can often lead to being an overachiever and perfectionist. So that's another sign. Your inner critic is a significant challenge tied to perfectionism, that inner voice that's always very present, criticizing, controlling. You hear questions like, are you sure about that? Is this the right choice? How do you think this is gonna work? You don't have enough experience. This is a stupid idea. What they will think about you? This is a huge thing to overcome. But important is that you are aware of that voice and that you know that this voice is not all of me. I talked in another episode about inner critic because we just need to see how we can befriend it and take it as, okay, this was developed at some point in my life when I needed to hear those words to improve, to be better. But now when I hear them, I don't have to take them as like, complete truth, right? You can always challenge those questions and those thoughts and just see, okay, this part of me is trying to push me, it's trying to make me improve and, you know, like be sure in some things, but I should not feel not good enough or bad about that. So yeah, let's move on. Our next sign is feeling guilty for setting boundaries and you actually don't feel entitled to them. The idea of setting boundaries is uncomfortable, painful, it sometimes feels impossible, and it can bring a lot of guilt to you if you say no. Won't go deeper here into setting boundaries because we talked about that in one of previous episodes about people-pleasing. Let's move on. The next thing is 
having a hard time expressing your emotions or feeling ashamed of your emotions. Look, everything that comes around emotions, well, it can be sometimes tricky. For example, for me, I was afraid to express my emotions and I didn't want to be seen as somebody who is sensitive. You would never say that when you first time see me because I would appear as this strong and confident woman, right? But then I would have like tears in my eyes and I would feel weak if I shown my emotions. Even my boyfriend used to call me water eyes. That bothered me for a period of time, but as I started to work on myself, get to know myself on a deeper level and to understand my emotions, learn how to process them and build this inner resilience, whoa, that really changed things for me. The more I was allowing myself to be myself, less I was triggered by some external triggers. And the more I was present, I was able to consciously choose how I want to respond in certain situations. I also want to mention here that what can be present can be feeling a lot of shame around intimacy or your body. The next sign I want to talk about is when you are a person who just avoids conflict. That's also, I would say, something that was present in my life, you know. I sometimes wouldn't say what I think or I I could not stand if other person would be angry with me or something. So I was really doing the things just to keep everything in order, everything is fine, so that I don't have to be in conflict. Yeah, you see how it can go if you do so. Uh, and you probably don't feel entitled to your anger or being upset. It can be that the child in you would tolerate what you learn to tolerate, certain behaviors, not keeping promises, loneliness. Even if adult part of you may be self-advocating, saying, let's have an adult conversation, I struggle with this, the wounded child part of you would let things be okay, so nothing would change also after having conversation. And then the next thing can be having anxiety around everything having a fear of being abandoned. It's like, I will let you in, but only so far, you know, because you don't want to be hurt. You want to avoid the pain and then you don't go all in. You cannot kind of let surround yourself, let's say in a relationship because you are afraid of being abandoned. So yeah, it is really important to recognize what are the patterns, what are the situation, you know, what are the triggers that actually make you to react in a certain way and how you can maybe pay more attention and notice, is this me or there's parts of me that's actually being triggered? It can also be that you're overreacting in a certain situations, right? Maybe you are having big feelings about small things or some self-sabotaging behaviors are showing up. I mean, self-sabotaging behavior from your inner child can have its roots in all sorts of reasons and might show up as forgetfulness, procrastination or loss of temper. It could even show up as rationalizing why relationship or job or opportunity isn't quite right for you when really you are just being driven by fear. You can be walking around making sure that you do everything to avoid certain situations. You can read self-help books, listen to the podcasts, you know, try to kind of keep yourself aware, but your inner child still can play a big role in your life without you even realizing it. 
So if you resonate with any of these words, I encourage you to explore this more, to do more work, get curious how certain things are showing up in your life and maybe holding you back. What are some patterns that keep repeating themselves? I invite you to approach this without any judgment. Just be curious what might show up there. What maybe is seeking for your attention? And I want to encourage you, speak kindly to your inner child regularly. Maybe you find this like weird or silly, but this is also a way for you to learn to speak yourself more kindly and with more compassion, right? Also, you can ask yourself or that part of you why they might be feeling the certain way, what they might need to feel better, you know? You need to meet your own needs. Also, return to play, imagination and creativity that will help you to deepen relationship with yourself. And remember, building relationship with your younger self doesn't always have to be about processing big heavy emotions. It can also be about fun. Remember, you have to take care of yourself. It's all about how you take care of yourself. The same as you have this inner child, you also have an adult part of you who needs to take responsibility and try to live and heal your life, right? Just think, nobody will come and ask you, oh, did you take good care of yourself today? Are you being kind and loving to yourself? I mean, okay, maybe you have a partner or your mom who will remind you of that. But when it comes to, you know, really taking care of yourself, it's you. It's you and you. So when I say you have to accept all parts of yourself and integrate those wounded parts of yourself, and so how you do that? It's just by doing and saying things that will help you to heal those parts, being aware of that inner child and understanding how to nurture yourself. Do you listen to your body? Are you taking rest when you need? what your body needs. How do you set boundaries? How do you protect your time, energy and peace? Because as children, we didn't learn that. So as an adult, you need to learn how to do that, how to self-suit yourself. You can use exercising, meditation, somatic exercises to help you regulate your nervous system. There's also like body part work or breath work. There are many, many different tools that can help you to take good care of yourself. Thank you for being here with me today. Are you taking good care of yourself? Are you the most important person in your own life? Well, you should answer yes to this because look, you have to be there for yourself. Nobody else will. And everything starts within you. You are capable of reaching anything of achieving any goal and desire that you set for yourself only if you believe so be there for yourself hold all those parts of yourself and just know that you are worthy but it takes work so you have to do that work nobody can do it for you 
If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay connected, you can subscribe to the podcast. I would love to hear from you. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, feel free to reach out to me on social media. I'll be delighted to connect with you and also create content that resonates with you the most. Thank you for tuning in, wishing you a lovely day, and until next time...